daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to this week's episode of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. And as you know, we are all about funding women. And every week I have on exciting founders and funders. And today I have on a dear friend. She is one of the top attorneys in the country, in the top 1%. And she's also a best-selling author. What I love most is she's reinventing herself as an entrepreneur, and we're going to talk all about that. Please welcome the amazing Rebecca Zung. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Catherine. And, you know, this is such a special treat because we are actually personal friends as well. Absolutely. We have the most incredible story of how synonymous our lives have been from DC to Florida to LA. Like we've been following each other. It's kind of crazy. We might Pretty be related. Much all of our lives. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's uncanny, but we, we don't, we won't digress. Um, but you have reinvented yourself as an entrepreneur, which is unusual for an attorney, I think. And uh, you have found this really interesting niche uh, about dealing with negotiating with narcissists. And when you first told me about this, I have to be honest, I'm like, how many could there be? And you know, you have just built an incredible business about negotiating with narcissists. You have a huge following on YouTube and an amazing program that helps people deal with narcissists in their personal lives, in their business life, in day-to-day life. I think it's an incredible niche now that I've learned more about it and do understand that how prevalent it is. So you've really hit on something here and I'm excited to talk about it. I always like to first talk about people's backgrounds, like what brought them to where they are. So before we talk about that awesome subject, I want to talk about what an incredible and resilient woman you are. I mean, let's talk about how you got married right out of high school, like Let's start with that. Yeah. I mean, so uh, it, my dad was Chinese. He's a doctor. My mom's German. You know, so my parents were, I always joke that I have no fun genes whatsoever. I mean, it was like very much, you know, work hard, success, all of that. So I did graduate second in my class from high school. I was expected to succeed. And I had started college. And then, you know, I just decided my version of being a renegade was to drop out of high school, get married at 19. I had three babies by the time I was 22. And then I realized, you know what? Maybe this wasn't such a hot idea. Maybe my parents were, were right. Maybe I should have finished school. So I ended up finishing college. But then I, you know, as I was finishing college, I realized the marriage wasn't working. I did move to Florida at that point, And um, you know, I ended up getting divorced. 
I was teaching inner city school in Broward County. And it was, you know, I was like, if, if you know Fort Lauderdale at all, I was teaching like down by the swap shop. It was like not the greatest neighborhood at all. And I thought, how did I end up here? You know? And so I ended up divorced. And uh, at the time, the University of Miami did have a night program. So I, I went to law school at night and I mean, somehow I was like teaching during the day, going to law school at night. I had three little children. You know, I was in my late twenties, early thirties and somehow, you know, pulled myself up by my bootstraps and met my current husband while I was still in law school. Uh, and so we've been now married for 21 years got um, a job right out of law school with a top divorce attorney. And that's kind of how I ended up coming up through the ranks in the marital law field. I mean, the marital law field, if you end up at the top, you know, there's a, there's a very big difference between a regular divorce attorney and then the top divorce attorneys, because the top divorce attorneys you know, they're divorcing millionaires and celebrities and that sort of thing. And, and you're doing trust and estates work and you're doing business valuations. And it's a very, very highly specialized type of, of work. And so that's where I ended up. And um, I, I was very fortunate to specialize there um, and went out on my own. And, and that's kind of how I ended up coming up through so, the ranks there. Let me jump in here because I wonder how many women are listening saying, Oh my God, that's my story. I, I, I've met so many women that got married so young, uh, my wife included, uh, which of course now she's married to me, but uh, she has that same story. And, and a lot of women, a lot of women got married almost right out of high school, um, especially more, I think, back then than, than today. Um, but, um, and, and then had kids immediately and, your story is so, I mean, women that do what you have accomplished are so amazing to me because here you were, you were married, you had three children, you decided you wanted to change your life. You worked all day, took care of three kids and went to school at night to become an attorney. And then you end up at one of the top law firms, not by chance, but because you're incredibly smart and resilient. So, I mean, and then you went even further. You now took your career into a whole different direction. You wrote this amazing book called Breaking Free, a bestseller. Uh, you started a podcast called Negotiate Your Best Life, which is great. I was just listening to it, by the way. And um, and you have like, what is it? 100,000 followers on YouTube and growing. Uh, close, close to 200,000. Close now. to 200,000. Of course you do. Uh, and you've started this whole entrepreneurial venture. And I want to talk about that because there are a lot of women, uh, maybe in the same boat you are thinking, I, I just can't do it all. But, but you actually can become an entrepreneur. Like nothing is holding any woman back from becoming an entrepreneur and you are proof of that. And so you started this whole new niche business, helping people negotiate with narcissists. Let's talk about that. Why did you start it? How did you see a need for it? And, and what do you do to help people with that? Okay. So about four years ago, I, so I built my own practice um, and 
you know, I, I came up through the ranks on my own, you know, once I built my own practice and had built, I had this dream of building the, the largest family law practice in Southwest Florida. And then I got there and I had that. And then I realized, okay, now I've done this. And, and I, I realized I enjoyed the building of it. I didn't enjoy what I called the gerbil wheel phase of it. Um, and, and at that time I realized I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. I enjoy building the business. I don't, I don't really enjoy running a business. And, and so I, I, I'm really a creator at heart. I enjoy, I need to be able to feel like I'm serving people. I need to be able to feel like I'm helping people. And so the, the day-to-day operational piece of it, the Xerox machine is broken, the air conditioner is broken, the, you know, all of that stuff was really, really weighing me down. And um, I, I just felt like I had lost my sense of purpose and I, I wanted to do something where I felt like I was impacting the greater good. I loved writing the book, Breaking Free, and I wanted to do more of that sort of thing. And I really had no time for for that. So I needed and the, to- And the book, let's talk about the book for a second. Uh, breaking Free was about your journey from breaking free of that marriage into coming into your own? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, waved, I, I, I weaved some of my own life into it, but- um, it was really more about helping people break free of their own marriages. And I, I, I had breaking free of the, uh, of the, uh, the emotional side, the physical side, I, I did weave in, you know, the actual divorce piece of it. And then also the spiritual side of things as well. Um, you know, the laughter and, you know, the, the whole thing. So I, you know, I, I, I did weave in how to actually get a divorce, that whole thing. So I wrote that book actually back in 2013, but in 2017, I decided to merge my practice with two other guys and just make a change. And so my husband and uh, my husband had always wanted to spend more time in Southern California. He had lived out here after college. We met in law school. So we decided to divide our time more between Florida and um, California, which is what we have done. My daughter at the time was just starting high school. So we decided to do that. And, um, and it gave me more space. I'm still a partner at a firm in Florida, but it gave me more space to do other things. So I wrote a second book, Negotiate Like You Matter. Uh, Robert Shapiro wrote the foreword for that book. And I really wanted to focus more on negotiations mm. and um, just negotiating in general, not just divorce, but negotiating, just the process of negotiating. And so would I that learned- mean like on a day-to-day basis? Cause I understand like, you know, you've said even on your podcast, like it's not just negotiating like to buy a car. It's like negotiating on a day-to-day basis with people in your life. Is that right? Yeah. And it could even be negotiating with your own self for your own self-worth sometimes, but you know, negotiating could be anything. And, and I just really enjoy the process of negotiating. And so I was teaching about it. I was the keynote speaker uh, at the American Bar Association. I spoke for Elevate. And so I was speaking around the country on negotiating in general. 
And so I wrote a book on negotiation and I was developing a course on negotiation in general. And I really just thought that would be much more my focus. And at the time, about two years ago, I realized I was dealing with two covert narcissists in my life. I'd never heard the term covert narcissist before. I, the term narcissist to me meant a very boastful, outlandish, bragging kind of a brash person. Um, that was the only type of narcissist I had ever even thought of. I really hadn't delved much into narcissist at all, uh, but I had an occasion to be speaking to a friend who was also a therapist who also understood narcissism. And this friend mentioned to me that a person that I was dealing with was a covert narcissist. And he recommended a particular book to me to read. I read the book and I, my mind was completely blown. Um, and I realized- Want to share what book that was? Yeah, it was called um, The Covert Passive Aggressive Narcissist. Oh, interesting. And, I think a lot of people are want to know about that. Yeah. It was and about your program you developed. I, I love the, the, you know, what was the premises of why you launched this? Yeah. Yeah. So I read this book and my mind was blown. I was actually reading it on the airplane, on an airplane. And my husband was next to me. And the whole time I'm on the plane, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like out loud. My husband's looking at me and he's like, trying to shush me. And I'm like, oh, I can't even believe how, you know, on point this is. And so I just started reading everything I possibly could about narcissism. And I realized then that I could actually start applying what I was learning about narcissism to what I already had mastery level skill um, on negotiation. And at the time I was really still practicing um, and running some cases uh, and, um, you know, divorce, high net worth divorce. And so I was actually applying what I was learning to the narcissist in, you know, my cases. And I was actually starting to see movement and I was like, oh my God, this is working. And so I started to do some YouTube videos on this and, um, other people were starting to see it working in, in you know, uh, the things that I was using as well. And, um, my videos started to take off. Uh, and that's when I decided to, um, develop a program around it. And this was really only about a year and a half ago. Uh, and my life has changed tremendously. I mean, in just a year and a half, I have, I don't know, 12 million views or something on YouTube. And, um, actually one of my videos just, uh, just this week, I think, um, hit 1 million views on YouTube. And, you know, it just um, goes to show what, a, um, first of all, what a demand there is for this. And second of all, I think all of us in our life, if we're listening, we get a download of our purpose on the planet. And that's obviously you, that was your download. You are meant to help people that are dealing with narcissist people and recognizing, like you said, that they come in different shapes and sizes and forms that you may not 
even recognize as being a narcissist. I think, like you said, you really hit on a point that we have an idea of what a narcissist looks like, like it's so identifiable. But this covert thing you're talking about is so interesting. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that and about where people can find your videos. I know they're on Facebook and YouTube and um, would they look under Rebecca Zung or how do they find your videos? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you put in negotiating with a narcissist on YouTube, I'm the only lawyer on the planet that's talking about it right now uh, to the scale that um, that I am. Um, but, you know, Rebecca Zung, obviously, if you put my name in, uh, you will definitely find me, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I'm everywhere there uh, for sure. Um, a covert narcissist is a, a narcissist that doesn't look like a narcissist on the surface, but is every bit as much of a narcissist. And a narcissist is a person that simply they just have a very fragile sense of self. I mean, it's really the most insecure person on the planet. They, they just, it's, it's scarcity mentality to the absolute extreme. They feel that if they give anything away, if, you know, that somehow it just completely takes away from themselves that, that, you know, that, that they have to, you know, they can't survive if they do. And so, um, they, it, 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 it's, um, they, they, um, they have no sense of care or compassion for others, uh, because they, they just can't, um, they feel like if they do that, they can't, um, then they, they don't have. Um, and so they're, it manifests themselves in a person who's quite frankly, um, a very toxic and sufferable type of a person to be around. Um, and I've heard statistics anywhere from 1% of the population to 16% of the population. And, you mm -hmm. know, the, the problem is that, you know, most of the people who have these types of traits or symptoms, that these are not the people who end up in psychiatrists or psychologists' offices to, <laughs> you know, get assessed, assessed or, or, you know, become self-aware or allow themselves to, um, you know, be diagnosed or anything like that. So it's really hard to know what percentage of the population. And, and it, you know, I, I do think that in, in a lot of ways, it's a spectrum that, you know, we, we all want to feel seen, heard, and know that we matter. And there are times that all of us feel a sense of insecurity or feel a sense of, but this, this, these are people who just, they never um, feel like they, you know, they, they want someone else to have anything else. You know, these are, these are the extreme versions. Do you think people are born that way or do you think it's their life around them that makes them that way? You, you know, and, and I always say I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but, you know, from um, everything that I've read and the, and the interviews that I've conducted, it's, it's definitely um, a nurture, not a nature. It's something happened to these people in their childhood, something traumatic. I've also heard that it's, um, you know, maybe overindulgence as well, actually. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, being spoiled or something like that um, can, can cause it. Also. Oh, interesting. So it could be a lack of attention or it could be too much attention. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of it people are born with. It sounds like it is more uh, cultivated by their environment. That's what it Yeah, sounds- that's what I mean. It's, it's yeah. definitely a, 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 not something they're born with. Oh, interesting. Uh, wow. That's really powerful. Do you think they're normally brought up by people who are narcissists? You know, I guess I, I, again, I doubt it, but you know, I I guess it's possible. I mean, you know, if you have a narcissistic parent, um, you could potentially cultivate a narcissistic child. And I think a lot of times, um, if you have a narcissistic parent, the narcissist, the child mimics the parent and then can have narcissistic traits or tendencies as well, just simply because they have mimicked that. Right. You know, you know, I know you do a lot of great videos. I see them pop up on uh, Facebook all the time that give tips. Would you like to give a couple of tips if you're dealing with the narcissist? Oh, I mean, if you're dealing with them, I mean, definitely you have to create as, as strong of boundaries as you possibly can you know, uh, you, you, the problem is that a a lot of times, unless you've really started to educate yourself on it, I mean, because I fell prey to a couple of them myself. I mean, especially the covert ones, they look so nice uh, at the beginning and they're so good at reading people that they know how to become the perfect a person so that they can insinuate themselves into your life. And by the time, you know, there's a great um, uh, analogy that's often given, it's the camel under the tent, you know, by the time you realize what you're dealing with, that camel is already in the tent, you know, Um, and it's really, really hard to get them out. Um, But you know, once you do realize what you're dealing with, it is, um, and you start to, re- you start to recognize the signs, the next time you see one come along, you will recognize it much, much sooner. Um, but they, um, you know, they, they come on very strong. They appear too good to be true. They usually are too good to be true because they do come on so strongly. They move the relationship along way too quickly. Uh, because they do want to get ensconced as fast as possible. Um, and they do appear too, too good to be true. Um, you know, so there's kind of chameleon like, Oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Interesting. For sure. Well, yeah. I think the work you're doing is really important. And if someone is dealing with this, the things about your courses and your videos and your programs are that it helps people identify if that's what they're dealing with and then helps them know how to, handle that situation and negotiate with them, especially if you're right. negotiating with them. Um, I give all kinds of tips and trips, uh, tricks in my slay program, which is stands for strategy, leverage, anticipating and focusing on you. So slay. Um, so that's, uh, and I do have a freebie for people, uh, which is like my free crush, my negotiation prep worksheet, which people can get at win my 
winmynegotiation.com. I love it. I love the work you're doing. It's so important. Like you said, uh, whether it's 1% of the population or up to 16%, I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening has or will encounter somebody that falls into this category. And what you're doing, your your programs are priceless and, and invaluable uh, to anybody uh, that wants to learn about how to deal with these people. Um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you also for being a member of the She Angels Foundation. I always love women that are successful and that are paying it forward. And uh, most of the people listening know that our She Angels Foundation is our nonprofit arm uh, that gives grants to female-founded nonprofits that are helping women to thrive. So we are so grateful to have Rebecca amongst so many amazing, successful, accomplished women that are part of our uh, membership and anybody can join. So uh, you can always check that out at sheangelsfoundation.org. Um Thank you, Rebecca, for being on. Let's again uh, tell people the best uh, uh, social media and best website to, to find you. Uh, so uh, my social media is, uh, well, um, it, just go to youtube.com and then Rebecca Zung ESQ is the website there. And then um, Rebecca Zung is my Instagram. And um, for the freebie, it's winmynegotiation.com for the free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet. Awesome. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thanks for being an awesome entrepreneur and a wonderful guest and a good friend. Thank you so much. Make it a great week, everybody. Remember to invest in her. We need more angel investors investing in women. Uh, make it a great week. Thanks again, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.